0: First Thessalonians, we'll take up where we left off. And uh, I enjoyed uh, being here this morning. And I'm thankful for the privilege to preach. Uh, I believe a lot of times preachers take for granted the privilege of pastoring. And I thank God for this church. I thank God for uh, the encouragement you are to me. And uh, I want to preach just a few minutes. And again, I've always wanted to do that, um, on how to encourage a missionary. And Paul's prayer for the church, he was going through some tough times. The Lord only knows how many times he'd been beat, according to the Bible. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, more than our Lord, crucified upside down. I mean, just uh, stoned and, and uh, forsaken and naked in perils and the cares of all the church. And uh, here he is writing a letter uh, to encourage and give the Thessalonians um, hope. And uh, also, he was telling them what a blessing had been to him. And so I look at it as a missionary writing back to the church saying, there's something you can do that will really help me. And will be a blessing to me. And so I want to apply that just for a few minutes because I knew it was going to have testimonies and I was hoping it'd be long. And I thank you so much for testifying each one of you. the um, mission committee, which is the deacons, we need to pray about helping with that return flight. I don't know how much it costs for all those youngins to get on that plane, but it ain't cheap. And so we could help a little bit out of the mission fund, I'm sure. So we'll We'll have, if if Brother Jeremy is here Wednesday, we'll have a send-off. Uh, we'll have prayer and we'll send them off. And um, we might call some of y'all in from, from the uh, clubs and just uh, have that prayer with us. So we'll have a send-off one way or the other. And y'all, if y'all want to, you can all go to the airport. We'll really have a send-off, amen? But uh, it'll be a blessing. And uh, looking forward to God using them. But as I said, he's writing... And there's a phrase in First Thessalonians chapter 3 that caught my attention. By your faith. By your faith. Now all of you that are clutching your wallets at this moment, I'm not preaching on faith promise giving. I'm preaching on faith promise living. And you know, God's more interested in your heart than He is your pocketbook. Say amen right there. If you men are carrying a pocketbook, send me after the service. But, um, um, I believe God has your heart, He has your money, He has your children, He has your future, He has your plans, He has your priorities. So that's very important. But five times in this chapter, verse 2, 5, 6, 7, and 10, He says, by your faith. How can you encourage your missionary? Well, I I want you to look at this. And um, He said, but Satan hindered us in verse 18 of chapter 2. And then he says, you are my crown of rejoicing and uh, you being in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming, this this whole book's about his coming, for ye are our joy, our glory and our joy. Paul lived to see people saved. Paul lived as a missionary, one of the greatest missionaries that ever walked this earth to establish churches, which is the priority of every missionary, to reach souls. But then he goes on and begins to encourage them with three things. And I'll probably not get to the second and third thing again because I got hung up on this and studying this afternoon, your faith. But I want you to see, and I'll just preach and um, you can stand in your soul. It says in verse 2, it says, And he sent Timotheus, our brother and minister to God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. And then it says, no man should be moved by these afflictions. I don't know what those afflictions were, but I guarantee you it wasn't a sinus infection. And it wasn't uh, just some emotional problems. It says, for yourselves know that we are appointed Thereunto, it was persecution, terrible persecution. But look at this. It says, Verily, when we were with you, we told you before that you should suffer tribulation. Strong word. Even as it came to pass, and you know, for this cause when I could no longer forbear. I want you to underline that. For this cause when I could no longer forbear. I could not even go on. I was so distraught and so down. I sent to know your faith. Lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. But now when Timotheus came from you and to us and brought us the good tidings (laughs) of your faith and the charity and that you have good remembrance of us always desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you Therefore, brethren, we were comforted. We were comforted <clears throat> over you in all our afflictions and distress by your faith. <clears throat> for now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. For what things can we render to God again to you for all the joy we're in? I'm in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 9. Verse some of you don't have a clue where I'm at. It says, For what think, what thanks can we render to God again for you for all the joy wherein we joy for your sakes before our God? Night and day, listen to this, praying signally that we might see your face and might perfect, mature, that which is lacking in your faith. Now God Himself... And our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love towards one another and towards all men, even as you do towards you. We do towards you. And listen to this. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness, say amen, Sunday school teachers, before God, even our Father, And here it is, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Father, use this scripture to encourage us to have more faith and to be more faithful. Because Lord, that is what every missionary needs, is a faithful home church. A faithful pastor, a faithful group of deacons, a faithful group of Sunday school teachers, a faithful group of men and ladies and boys and girls that love them, encourage them by their example of faithfulness. So, God, give us grace as we preach just a few minutes on how to encourage our missionaries we we'll praise you in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we brought out that he was praying, number one, that the church would mature in its faith. He said to perfect it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, he said, the work of faith I commend you for. And um, none of us have arrived in our faith life. It's like asking a person, how's your prayer life? There's no one in here. They can say you pray like you should pray. <clears throat> but God is able, amen? And God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above uh, all that you could ask or think. And God's able to do more through you than you could do without him. And without him, you can do nothing. <clears throat> but I see this phrase, by your faith. And This morning, I <clears throat> expressed to you that you measure your faith by the depth of your trust. Your obedience, your vision, that he's faithful, and that he is near, and that he is powerful. And I really wanted to emphasize this this morning, I hope I did, that in John 7, 38 and 39, it says you measure your faith by your overflowing streams, that your your outlet. Uh, we're a stagnant church if we just keep on getting so we can build our facilities and have more fun and have more entertainment and have more uh, uh, good services. That sounds all great and spiritual, but I want to tell you something, friend. If it stops here, it's not spiritual, it's selfish. And it's emotionalism and it's pragmatism. That means whatever will help us grow, let's do it. And, that's, and folks, the contemporary movement is full of it. There's celebrities in the pulpit, praise teams on the platform. Smoke coming out of the doggone uh, floor and people jumping up and down with no shirts on that's spelling Jesus. That's happening in Chattanooga. It's the fastest growing church in Chattanooga. I think that's the furthest thing from what God intended for the church to be. He's intended us to be a missionary church, a giving church. So it's a thrilling vision Of seeing God and who He is, but the overflowing of God's blessing love, joy, peace. And we measure our faith by our initiative and we measure our faith by perseverance. And I talked about Adoniram Judson. I have a hard time with that name because I pronounced it wrong for 27 years. (laughs) And he said, What's the prospect of ultimate success? Is there. He says, as much as there is a mighty and faithful God who will form his promises. Someone said, he said this, the outlook is as bright as the promises of God. And he buried several wives on the mission field. He uh, was beat so bad that they said when he walked on the shores of Burma that he'd leave a bloody trail in the sand. That he was in uh, jail for months and I believe it was two years he was in jail for being a man of God, and he got out of jail long enough to take his children to uh, nursing moms to to help his withering baby not uh, succumb to starvation. Bribed the jailer so he could go out door to door. saying, will you nurse my baby? Oh, friend, listen, it wasn't easy, but praise God it was worth it. And folks, he's an inspiration in my heart, and he's an inspiration to everybody that reads about his life. But God wants our faith to be stretched. And God wants our faith to be consistent. I want you to see, number one, that um, uh, we see the consistency of faith in verse 2 and 3. It says, and I sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer. See, the ministry is not just a whole lot of fun. It's some labor. And the gospel, in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved. Number one, folks, what a missionary needs is a church with consistent faith. Amen. I mean a church with consistent members. I don't know how it'd feel to come off the field and your pastor's not even there. But then half the church is not there because they split over the color of the buses or they split over the remodeling program and they left the church. A friend of mine's preaching for Brother Eddie this morning and in the last six months they've had 32 people saved in his church in North Carolina. But he's no longer the pastor there because he crossed the female, I shouldn't even say that, the lady that leads the singing and it was up church music and he wanted to have a little gospel music and it offended the sister and she got him fired because she didn't like him messing with her music. And friend, 32 souls have been saved in the last six months. That's a miracle. That's a blessing. But see, the church is not concerned about souls being saved. They're concerned about their music, their worship, <clears throat> their auditorium, their program. And I believe it's a salt in the face of God that we need to be faithful, consistent Christians and be in our place when the missionary comes off the field. Amen or oh no. No man should be moved by these afflictions for yourselves know that we, appointed, we are appointed there And he said, verily, I warned you. Look at verse four. I told you. Have you ever heard somebody say, I told you so? Well, Paul said, I'm telling you, this ain't going to be nice when you get saved. And it's not going to be easy. And there's going to be some terrible tribulation and trials and persecution for you being a Christian. Your own family is going to desert you. And they're going to disown you, you Jews, when you become saved. And they're not even going to speak to you. Now, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? But he said this. I, 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 I sent my fellow laborer, Timothy. <clears throat> he checked on you. And he, and he was there to, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith that no man should be moved. I want to tell you what well, encourage your missionary more than anything else, and encourage these new missionaries, Lord willing, we're going to take home, is that you stay in your place of faithfulness. That you stay in your place of prayer. Folks, I want to tell you something. The missionaries are depending on us to be consistent. The missionaries are depending on you to be faithful. And I tell you, it just breaks my heart that they come home, and Miss Rebecca, you can say amen to this, and Brother Jeremy would definitely say amen if he was here. He can listen to the tape, because he always does, and I thank God for that. I don't know what it'd be like to go back to a church and they say we're dropping you because half the membership has dropped out. And folks, it would break my heart to know if the missionaries come back in four years from now and everything's falling apart at Whitfield Baptist Church and it could if we're not faithful to pray. If we're not faithful to be in our place and to pray and believe. And folks, this church had great tribulation. we we'll go back to chapter 1. It says in verse 6, And ye become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that amazing? This church was still rejoicing, but there was much affliction so that we were in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and Acadia, and from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Acadia, but also every place. Your faith, there's that phrase again, your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. Praise God. What an exemplary church. What a church of exampleship. Folks, we need to have as much faith as those missionaries that are stepping out there and getting a, a gun pointed in their face when they're trying to build the church or getting malaria or almost bleeding out like Brother Shoemaker did. And I don't know how that happened. And the many times he almost died because of that malaria, even on his survey trip he got it, we need to have just as much faith. We have it easier, yes. Yes. We don't have to leave our home, yes. But folks, we ought to have as much faith, and it gets me—it gets to me sometimes when people with their little pettiness and their little personality leave a church over non-scriptural reasons. It ticks me off, just to be honest with you. But I try to con- restrain myself. Now, if you're listening by way of internet, you just realized you ticked me off. But I want to say this, friend, God help us to be faithful in the things that count. And folks, as long as this church stays with the Word and and reaches out for souls and preaches the Word, you ought to stay with it. Say amen. Amen. And if it gets unscriptural or unspiritual, I'm leaving. You can go with me. (laughs) Amen. Be faithful. You know, you ought to be predictable. These missionaries are saying, in 40 years when I come back to report in, you're still going to be in your pew. And nobody else is going to sit in your pew because that's your pew. Amen. And God bless you. Just don't run visitors off if they happen to sit in your pew like Charlie Rivers did. I'll never forget that. He circled the pew three times and finally went up to our first-time visitors and says, you are in my pew. I wouldn't have come back either, but praise God the man was 93 years old. He'd say what he wants to. Amen. He's the guy that passed out in our vow rededication ceremony. Amen. Consistency. Then I want you to see something else real quick. I just got two more points, and I don't know if it really, if they'll be anywhere close to that outline, but keep it up there because if you don't like it, you can read it. Um, I see comfort. Look at verse 7. It says, therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in our afflictions and distress by your faith. Folks, listen, I don't know what he's going through, but I know as you hear, as you uh, read in 2 Corinthians, maybe it's 1 Corinthians, all that he went through in that list and how he was knocked down, but he was never knocked out. Amen. Uh, how he was perplexed, but he didn't. He didn't get depressed and quit. And he, he goes on and talks about dying to self and bearing the body of the of the Lord. And what a great passage that is. But folks, I want to tell you something. He said in these verses to these people, "We're comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith." He says, and now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. He says, I'm fulfilling my ministry. I'm fulfilling my very purpose for life because of your faith I'm comforted. Folks, we need that. We need to comfort our missionaries not with our little sentimental letters. Write them though, praise God. Not by remembering their birthdays. Please remember that. At least, at least try. Not by our emails, and please do that, and not by our messages and not by our phone calls. They just want to know that you're standing in the faith and that you have faith in God and you hadn't lost faith in your church, you hadn't lost faith in each other, and thank God there's comfort in that. Amen? Comfort. I'm comforted by your faith. I want to be consistent by your faith. And then I skipped one in verse uh, 5 and 6. It says, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. And now when the most has come from you to us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity and that you have good remembrance of us always, desiring greater to see us, we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we are comforted over you in our afflictions. I see, friend, that God gives us courage because of other people's faith. I know we ought to be courageous if nobody stands for God and nobody goes for God, nobody uh, shows up, we ought to still be courageous. But I want to tell you something. There is a blessing in seeing others stay faithful. and You owe that to your missionary. They need to see a consistent faith. They need to see an encouraging faith. And as I just mentioned, they need to see a comforting faith. And that's why he said, Night and day, verse 10, praying exceedingly that you might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. He says, And I just want to come back and encourage you. And our missionaries have done that this week. Our new missionaries have done that this week. That testimony encouraged me. How about you? Amen. And, folks, I want to tell you something. We need to have great faith, not just for ourselves and for what we can get out of it, but we need to have that faith that has a flowing river effect and it touches missionaries. And you either got to go or send missionaries. And praise God, when they find out you're in your place, staying in your rank, so to speak, and we're all marching to the same orders, and that's the Word of God, and we're still battling the devil, not each other. We're still uh, fighting a good fight, not against each other, but against the devil. They are encouraged, and they are comforted, and they have more courage because of your faith. Your faith. Your faith. Let me just give you two in closing. My time's up. But I believe our missionaries are encouraged, second of all, because he prays something else in verse 12. And that's secondly, Paul prays for this church to abound not only in faith, but in love. Look at it, verse 12. It says this, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one towards another, and towards all men, even as we do towards you. Folks, I want to tell you something. We need to realize that Paul commended every epistle Verse 3, chapter 1, he says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of what? Love. And your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Folks, the second thing we ought to have to encourage our missionaries is not just great faith, but great love. Number one, we ought to love God. And people ought to know we love God. The joy of our salvation is our strength. Don't ever get over being saved, amen? Uh, I used to wonder why my preacher preached all the time about being saved, because he didn't get over it, and other people need to get saved. But I believe with all my heart that one of the most encouraging things in the ministry is when someone serves God, not because they're trying to make points with the preacher, and not because they're obligated as a leader, but they just love God just love God. They love what's happened in their life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians five fourteen that the love of Christ constraineth us. I mean, folks, it surrounds us. It motivates us. It moves us. We're constrained by the love of God. And I want to tell you something, friend. We need to get out of the pew and we need to be missionaries around the corner as we send missionaries around the whole world. Matthew chapter 14, 14, uh, I hope that's the verse that I have in my heart. I didn't have time to look it up, and that's dangerous and scary. Preachers, you ever had a verse on your heart that turned out to be not the verse? Amen. And you tried to make it fit? That's dangerous. Amen. But it is the verse. Matthew 14, 14. Look at the divine order. And Jesus went forth. That's how much he loves souls. He left the splendor and glory of heaven. Listen to this. And saw a great multitude, and then what? And was what? Moved with what? Compassion towards them, and he healed their sick. Folks, here's an order. Jesus went forth. He saw, and he was moved. That order. I guarantee you one thing, Brother Chris Petty, You would not be moved with compassion if you hadn't visited those kids and saw what they live in. You wouldn't have got it out of a book and you wouldn't have got it from my preaching. But you went and you saw and you felt their hurt. You felt their despair. You saw their future. And you said, by the grace of God, all you van drivers, all you uh, children's church workers, by the grace of God, I'm going to try to pull them out of that and reach daddy and mama and see God move. You go, you see, and you're moved. Compassion makes a difference. People know how much you care. And if they think you're just after their pocketbook or you're using them as a number to build your little sort of Lord church attendance, they will not tolerate being used. But if they know you love them and they know you care, there is no way. There is a way, but it's hard to rebuke that kind of heart. See, it's hard to rebuke a person's tears, even though you had that happen with your loved one this week. And I'm praying for it. Never forget how much Christ loves you, and you'll be okay. Never get over being saved, and you'll never get over boys and girls and men and ladies that are going to hell and they don't even know why. So, so love is not a whimsical emotion, but it's a greater submission, and it's obedience. And Folks, what our missionaries need is just a bunch of people that love God and love them and love souls. Look at this verse. It says, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one towards another, towards all men, even as we do towards you. All men. All men. I advise everyone of you go on the mission field at least one time before you die. It'll change your life. It becomes really real when you go on the mission field and see the need and see the broken hearts. Our prayer should be, Lord, help me to grow in love for my fellow labor, for you, my fellow labor, and for all men. You know, there shouldn't be one person, men, there shouldn't be one man in this church that you could not go soul winning with right now. Think about it. We gathered Saturday week, and I said, okay, brother... Jeremy, you're going with brother so-and-so, and you rolled your eyes and said, I can't go with him because we're not speaking. That's a shame and disgrace. and God's work is hindered. And I want to say this, if a missionary has come home and our church is split, splattered, and splintered because we can't love each other and get along, then folks, it's the most discouraging thing a missionary could ever come home to. I believe we're going to help our missionaries we need to have abounding faith but abounding love. One last thing. Look at the third prayer request. Go on down, brother. Change change points, amen? I'm on the second. The church would abound in love. This ain't nowhere near the outline so he's having a hard time. It's not his fault. It's the Holy Spirit's fault. No, it's my fault. Number three. We need to pray. He prayed for the church. They might establish, here's the word, Brother Jack, holiness or consecrated living for God. Look at verse 13, I close. To the end, he may establish your hearts. Here it is, unblamable in holiness before God. Unblameable in holiness before God. Listen to this now. Even our Father, at, our, at, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, with all His saints. I'm going to close with this. But I'm going to tell you what we ought to have. We ought to have a church that in the light of His soon coming is ready for the judgment seat of Christ and that we're unblameable. That means not perfect, but it means that we're holy. You know what holy means? Godly. You know what godly means? Godlike. Amen? I'm going to tell you something, friend. We need to be set apart. The Word, I ain't got time to go into it. You read verses 1 through 7 in the next chapter because it's a continuing thought. It says furthermore. and It talks about we ought to bound more and more and we ought to be sanctification and honor. You know what that means? We ought to live in the fear of God so much that we want to please God no matter what. And that we want to be like Jesus, not like every celebrity in the book, and praise God, we need to have an established heart of faithfulness, consistency, consecration, praise God, unblameable, Christ-like, holy unto God, before God accountable, acceptable unto Him, acceptable in Him, saints, sanctified, set apart. Bottom line, we ought to be like Christ. And our missionaries should be encouraged when they come back and they see people that are just like Christ. So folks, tonight, if you want to encourage your missionaries, let your faith grow. Let your love abound but die to self and be more like Jesus. God will build His church. and We have the privilege of being used of God as we yield our entire life to His glory. You know what that means? In times like these, the world needs a Savior. But in times like these, the missionaries sure need a church is full of faith love and hope our father thank you for the privilege of preaching tonight and thank you dear god for the testimonies that's touched my heart and encouraged my soul and god we want to be an encouragement to our missionaries those that we have and those that we're going to take on and dear lord I know they're supposed to keep their eyes on Jesus, but they got their focus also on their local church and their pastor and their deacons and their fellow laborers and fellow servants and fellow Christians at Whitfield Baptist Church. So God help us. Increase our faith. Increase our love. and Decrease our self. That we might be sanctified. Set apart. Not just paying a little tribute to you, but God giving you the preeminence every day of our life. Totally yielded. Dead to self. Yielded to your spirit. Day by day. That we can pray for our missionaries but also, Lord, we can be an example and encouragement when they get discouraged. Lord, thank you for the faithful in this room. They sure encourage me. Thank you for the steadfast, unmovable Christians in this room. They sure have encouraged me over the years. And Lord, I appreciate them, and I thank you for them. And I pray, as Paul prayed, that their faith would mature that their faith would be consistent, that their faith would be a comfort, not just to me, but to those men and ladies and boys and girls on the front line of missions that need to hear the report that your people have stood faithful in these last days. With every head bowed and every eye closed, how many of you, and I'm going to... That's a crazy question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How many of you want to encourage your missionary and all the missionaries that you pray that God would give you more faith, more love, and even more hope? Would you raise your hand for prayer? Come, buddy. To you, you're the best Christian they know. And I think we ought to be the best sending church, best home church that they could ever have. Amen. We ain't got time to fight and fuss with each other. When missionaries are on the front lines and trying to reach souls and risking their life for the gospel's sake, we need faith, love, and hope. Father, use this message for Your glory. And Thank You, dear God, for this one phrase, Your your faith. God, thank You for speaking to my heart. I want to be consistent. I don't want to quit. I don't want to be discouraged. Lord, I want to finish right. I don't want to finish wrong. Because there's some missionaries and some children, new converts are looking up to me. And I sure want to be a good example of your love. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart through this message. I hope you spoke to somebody else's heart. In Jesus' name,